You're traveling through another dimension. A dimension comprised of knowledge, opinions, and entertainment. A journey on a virtual information highway into a wondrous land whose boundaries are more distant than the outer reaches of the Twitter sphere. Your next stop, the Trend Zone. We're not the suits that talk football, we're the dudes that know football, and you've just crossed over into the Trend Zone. Casey here with Dave, we are the football dudes. Dave, are you ready, bro? You got that right, my friend. Oh, yeah. Excellent. <laughs> That's the signpost up ahead. Your next stop, the Trend Zone. In today's episode, we'll talk about some injuries to some big-time quarterbacks, a couple suspensions, a little survivor, our fantasy go-back starts of the weekend, some total fantasy domination, and all of, and I mean all of, the games from the upcoming week. But, Dave, before we yep. get to all that, bro, tell me you got a tasty nug for the people's. As always, Casey, I'm wasting yes. some nugs, man. Let's Break get it out. going. These, this one goes to 11, Casey. Actually, it's 12. There's been 12 games, Casey, and people decided by three points or fewer this season. This That's the most uh, games of that kind within the first two weeks in NFL history, man. Also, there's five games this season decided by one or fewer points, 11 games within one score, in the fourth quarter, and there have been eight games decided by a game-winning score in the final two minutes or an OT. Wow. Close Dude, action. That's why we love it, baby. It's wild <laughs> and wooly, and it comes down to the last second. Like this weekend's action, man. Ooh, it was epic, Dave. And four teams, including the Dolphins, 21-point deficit. The Cards, 20-point deficit. The Jets, 13. And the Chiefs, sorry, Dave, 10 yeah. points. All overcame. Double-digit deficits to win in week two and with that Miami and Arizona both overcoming 20 point deficits at halftime it marked the first time in NFL history that more than one team overcame a 20 point halftime deficit to win on the same day on oh, that special oh that is special case check this out since 2011 teams that are down by 21 in the fourth quarter are 0 and 710 until wow. last weekend. <laughs> <laughs> Crazy, dude. Oh, man, we were freaking out watching yes. that last week. We just our minds getting blown there. And Dave, <laughs> a little more extra nuggular. Maybe it's a little sprinkle on top. Four teams last year that finished with four or fewer wins. The Lions, the Jags, the Giants and the Jets all have an opportunity to start two or one or even better. That's not happened in 21 years. It's time to take these teams to the bar, baby, and see what's going on. <laughs> All right. Quick reminder, Trend Zone, that's the show you are listening to now. Available on subscription on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Dave, let's get into the top trending stories. A couple QBs went down last week, including a brutal injury on Sunday, dude. Yeah, let's, let's take it back in time, though, to Thursday night was Justin Herbert and the Chargers taking on that Chiefs in that epic battle there. Herbert gets his uh, rib cartilage, cartilage fractured. That sounds pretty damn painful. Uh, but with the 10-day rest from that Thursday to next Sunday, 
he's got a shot to play. I mean, he probably will have to take a shot to play in that As long game. as it's not that doctor that Tyrod Taylor had <laughs> <No>. last year. <laughs> <laughs> that guy's on the payroll for Herbert. Herbert, So he, I think he's going to be okay with, with the shot to the rib cage. All right, Casey, that's a, and that was, that's a tough one for Charger fans. And hopefully he's able to play uh, through that and play well. But even more uh, devastating news is the San Francisco 49ers QB Trey Lance card off with the ankle injury. We knew right away, Casey, that was yeah. that. As soon as we saw that replay, it was uh, pretty clear that he had a broken ankle there. Uh, wherever that is down there in the uh, ankle lower foot region, whatever you want to say, that is going to be uh, the uh, end of his season in all likelihood. And also uh, moving along, Casey, Arizona Cardinals running back James Conner suffered an apparent uh, mild lateral ankle sprain that should keep him out uh, up to about maybe three weeks, maybe less. Yeah, that's a bummer. He had a huge uh, year last year for those cards and dude. More injuries for the Bucks. Veteran D tackle Akeem Hicks. He tore uh, something in his foot. He's expected to miss a month. And the Rams cornerback uh, Troy Hill. He's been placed on the IR, so he's going to miss at least four weeks with an injury before he's able to come back, dude. Yeah, dude. And not just that. Scary moment in in Buffalo yeah. where Bills quarterback Dane Jackson uh, collides with teammate Tremaine Edmonds. Man, and that was a brutal shot. And uh, he left on an, uh, in an ambulance, spent the night in the hospital. But good news is that it looks like everything is checked out. No word exactly, though, on when he'll be able to be back with the team and playing again. Yeah, and dude, a, a little more from Monday night. Bobby Hart of the Bills, he's been suspended without pay for a game um, for violations of unsportsmanlike conduct. He was trying to chase down a Titan in the uh, the the tunnel there after the game, <laughs> let a wild melee punch go, and instead of hitting a player, he socked one of the Titans coaches, so he's going to miss a game. Oh, my God, dude. He just can't write this stuff, man. He, he can't make this stuff up. Okay. Speaking of suspensions, though, Casey, uh, Bucks receiver Mike Evans gets in the, uh, both ejected and suspended for next week for his uh, latest incident with Saints DB Marshawn Lattimore. This has been going back a long time, but, man, did it, does it – it doesn't take much for this thing to bubble up into something crazy. And, uh, yeah, this one seems merited to me. He's appealing. No decision expected until later in the week. Yeah, but, dude, I love Devin's explanation. That's Tom Brady. What do you want me to do? <laughs> he's not letting TB12 get in the, the scrum there. He's going to protect his dude at all costs. So you got to love that when they yeah. go out of the for the QB. Exactly. I hate that kind of does justify it, but you got to keep your cool, man. <laughs> All right, Dave, let's go ahead and move it over to the Survivor Three Strikes Pool. How'd you do? Um, not so good, Casey. Picked up my first strike. I had the clever idea of, well, in one respect, going against the team playing the Jets, but then also trying to get the Cleveland Browns out of the way. Um, and I had Cleveland over the Jets. That was a mistake. Felt like a great idea until like the last handful of events that took place in that football game blew my mind. Yeah, dude. The- 13-point lead with like a minute and a half left. Epic collapse Epic. by the Brownies there. Factory of sadness. In yeah, effect, fate, perhaps. <laughs> Karma, anyone? Oh, man. Well, welcome to the Strike Club, Dave. I got one oh. week one, but I was all good last week because I took the Packers over the Bears. Yeah, nice call there, Casey. Mm, let's talk about last week. Um, what were the most popular picks, Casey? We had the Rams over the Falcons in a little ah. animal battle there. And the most popular incorrect pick. Don't feel bad, Dave. 
was the Browns over the Jets. <laughs> there were many with me in that struggle. Uh, most popular pick heading into next week, Casey, is Kansas City over Indy. That's over 33%. And then second place, Los Angeles Chargers over Jacksonville. That's over 26%. So that's over 59% of the people going with those two teams. It gives me a little nervousness there. I tell you what. Yeah, I'm going to see. It's a, they're tough matchups this week to try to get a winner on. So we'll see what yeah. happens as we get a little closer. But Dave, speaking of trying to get a winner, if you could use a fantasy go back start of the week to get a dub, would you have? And what did you need? Uh, yeah, it just didn't work out just because of the Higgins injury and my roster restrictions. I I was unable to play Higgins. So had I had I played Higgins instead of Metcalf, I would have gotten uh, 13.1 instead of 3.5. That would have been the nine and a half points basically that I needed to get the W. I wasn't going to put Higgins in, though, for Metcalf. I was going to play them both except Higgins was healthy. So I don't think that would have really helped me in a, in a crazy alternate parallel universe. I won, but I'm going to. <laughs> well, in this here universe, I actually got the win. My foul nice. boys destroyed the snivelers who put up a measly 71 points. I had just over 112, but Dave, that wasn't enough to get me in the money. So I got a win, but I didn't get any of that cash there. So it's a, it's a win lose situation, but you know who doesn't lose? Anybody that makes our list in total fantasy domination. Dave, give me a quarterback. <laughs> All right. It was Tua Tangavailoa going completely nutso in this one. 469 passing yards, six pass touchdowns, two interceptions, and one rush TD as well. Wow. That's crazy, yeah. man. More bittersweetness for you, Dave. Nick Chubb, man. 87 yeah. rush yards, three touchdowns, 26 receiving yards. But might should have went down inside the five-yard line, and the Brownies would be sitting at 2-0. and oh, uh, One less touchdown for you, though. Yeah, I would have taken that strike back, and I still would have lost my fantasy. Um, Stefan Diggs at <sighs> wide receiver, oh God, 148 dude. yards and three touchdowns. Diggs, can you dig it? What can you say, man? Gets it done. I can dig it. And a tight end of former Sooner Mark Andrews, 104 receiving yards and a touchdown. Um, Lamar Jackson going off in that game, um, yep. but not enough to get the W. All right, Dave, heading into week three, only six teams remain undefeated. The Giants, the Chiefs, the Eagles and the Bucks, the Bills and the Dolphins. And we know at least one of those teams will not be undefeated at the end of week three, but let's get it started on Thursday night football. We got the Pittsburgh Steelers versus the Cleveland Browns, and the Brownies are three-and-a-half-point favorites. Yeah, Steelers coming to this one one-and-one, and, one and kind of, I guess, lucky to be there after stealing away that victory in week one against the, the Bengals. But uh, they, like we said, even when they're bad, they're good. They just barely lost last week against the Patriots there. Uh, Mitch Trubisky's playing pretty well. Uh, and Najee Harris with the, that's right. And Najee Harris with a pretty decent uh, running game. Well, mixed between run, running and receiving, uh, getting it done there with a lot of touches. Deontay Johnson playing well. And uh, Chase Claypool, too. And, of course, Casey, I have to mention tight end Pat Fryermuth. You mean Patrick Henry Aquanemius Fryermuth? That's right. He had a touchdown cast last week. Uh, but Steelers uh, still kind of uh, get themselves right after that loss of um, of Watt in week one. We'll see uh, how they can pull it together and, and if they can get it done against the Browns in Cleveland. 
Yeah, dude. In the last week, you know, 58 minutes, and the Browns are leaving with the W. Jacoby Brissett played pretty well, over mm-hmm. 81 uh, completion percentage, almost 230 yards and a touchdown. He rushed for 42. We talked about Nick Chubb, total fantasy domination, 113 scrimmage yards, three t- uh, touchdowns. Amari wow. Cooper showed up. He had nine grabs for over 100 and a TD last week. Couldn't get the onside, onside. kick, though. Oh, yeah. man. Ouch. Um, a little good news for the Steelers, though. It looks like Miles Garrett and maybe Jadavion Clowney won't be in this game. That should help out Troops and company. This is a big divisional game for both of these squads, man. Up next is the New Orleans Saints at the Carolina Panthers. Saints on the road, favored by three and a half. Yeah, real disappointing game for the Saints. We were like late into the third or fourth quarter, and it was 3-3 with the Bucks. Uh, yeah. Last week, and then it just kind of fell apart for Jameis and the boys, man. He just had a couple really terrible uh, interceptions, very reminiscent of the 30-for-30 30 30 season there. They didn't have Kamar in this game, too. That really didn't help anything out and just couldn't get that offense going against a very stout um, Bucks defense. They, um, they're looking to rebound on that, playing good defense for these Saints, and they look good in week one. So it's got to be a balancing act somewhere in between there. So uh, a huge divisional game for the Saints, man, and uh, a road test. So we'll see what happens when they go to Carolina. Yeah, and this Carolina team, uh, they're they're kind of in trouble already. If if there is a hot seat already in the seasons, Matt Rule's sitting on it right now. It's not that hot, Dave. He's just a sweater. He's <laughs> always sweaty and gross. <laughs> it is sweaty and gross. Uh, they just can't seem to find it in the quarterback. Although I wouldn't say, you know, at 0-2, they were there 16-16 to against the Giants at late. They just couldn't find a way to get the W there. Nice game from Christian McCaffrey, 128 yards from scrimmage there. Uh, that's what you need for him. There's weapons with DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, et cetera, et cetera. Baker's just got to find a way to put up more points than the other team, and that's how you get W. <laughs> Sounds easy, Dave. <laughs> All right, up next, we have the Houston Texans at the Chicago Bears, and the Bears are two-and-a-half-point favorites at home. Yeah, and this Texan team yet to find their first win. They're 0-1-1 on the season, and, um, yeah, they uh, coming off that loss to Denver. It was a pretty close game, though. Uh, it was just a one-score game at the end there. Davis Mills uh, playing pretty decent football on his sort of audition to be the franchise guy there, um, and – uh, Damian Pierce also, also running the football really well, 77 uh, scrimmage yards for them last week. So, um, you know, they've got some pieces here. O.J. Howard and uh, Brandon Cooks, uh, you know, give give Mills some weapons there. And obviously Damian Pierce, a pretty exciting uh, young running back there. But they just got to find a way to put it all together. Maybe going to Chicago and playing this Bears team is what exactly what they need. Yeah, a little uh, Lovey Smith reunion there, going back to mm. Shy, dude. And mm-hmm. these Bears, man, this is still a, a a team in progress, including Justin Fields. You know, Matt Eberflus, the uh, the new coach there, is trying floozy? to floozy. Floozy, he's a two bit floozy. Um, <laughs> he's trying to, you know, massage this team until Justin Fields can be the guy that they want him to be, and that's still. TBD, but what they do want to do is run the ball, and David Montgomery had a real nice game against the Pack uh, last week, almost 140 scrimmage yards. They got to play good defense and run the ball and not turn the ball over, which is uh, pretty difficult when you have to throw it a lot. So um, this team's only given up 18 and a half points a game, so if you can keep the the Texans to that, you're going to have a chance to win this thing late, but uh, 
you know, I don't have high expectations for the Bears. Good defense, work in progress on O. Let's see what happens on Sunday. All right, up next is Kansas City Chiefs on the road to Indianapolis to play the Colts. Chiefs are six-and-a-half-point favorites, Casey. Yeah, and the, the Chiefs looked like they were going down the, the tubes last week against your Chargers and found a way to get it going, man. A little of that Patrick Mahomes magic, that, uh, that one touchdown where he scrambled, avoid the Bosa, and just roll out there and, like, threw that sidearm pass in between. Yep. Sorry, Dave, I don't want to bring it back, but through all those defenders. <laughs> I forgot uh, for that the- one. It's the 99-yard <laughs> interception for a touchdown that's kind of got me uh, tossing and turning and sweats at night. Okay? That's the one. <laughs> oh, man. But it's hard to beat these Chiefs, dude. You can do, you know, most of the things right but uh, and still lose a close game to them. Yeah. Um, Clyde's Edward Allaire, he had almost 120 scrimmage yards last week. Jarek McKinnon, he had that touchdown pass that I was talking about. Kelsey kind of quiet last week. Your boy Derwin kind of locked him up. Only five catches for 51 yards. Look for him to uh, have a better game this week. And the connection with Smith-Schuster has just not been there yet, man. That's a work in progress for these guys. Same with uh, Nicole Hardman there with Tyreek Hill gone. Mahomes has to find the guy that he really likes there. That defense is pretty solid. They had to move Chris Jones around last week, and when they did, they seemed to get the best out of him late. Yep. So um, he's did. very versatile there, and he's a big part of that defensive identity for these Chiefs. So, um, you know, it's going to be rocking there in Indy, but so far, dude, this Colts defense has been a huge disappointment. Yeah, I mean, geez, Lewis Colts team at 0-1-1 and still – can't get a W yet, but not only that, I mean, just seemingly going in the wrong direction, losing to Jacksonville 24 nothing. That's the team that got them ousted officially from the playoffs in the last game of the season last week. That's the, the, the team that essentially gave Carson Wentz his ticket out of town. And and then Matt Ryan, you know, he, he played well, 300 yards, two touchdowns, a quarterback rating of 121.1. So you can't necessarily put, but you need, I mean, no points. I, I, Crazy. I, it's, it's hard to fathom right now um, how how poorly they've played. Uh, Jonathan Taylor is I mean, there's plenty of talent. They're looking, hopefully, to get Shaquille Leonard back uh, for this game. That could make a big difference on the defensive side. Uh, but, yeah, they were owned by Jacksonville last week. It was that was a non game and it was embarrassing, I'm sure, for Colts. Uh, but Frank Reich is still uh, behind uh, the the quarterback, Matt Ryan. And they just got to write the ship. They got to find a way to play better football. Too bad they have the Chiefs coming to town. That's a tough task. Yeah, hopefully they can get Michael Pittman Jr. back for this one. Not sure what his status is going to be for Sunday. But uh, Matt Ryan, he would be a welcome addition back to that offense. Big time. Oh, Dave, this is an awesome game, brother. A little AFC East battle. The undefeated (laughs) Buffalo Bills heading down to Southie to take on those Miami Dolphins. And the Bills are four and a half point favorites on the road. Wow. And this is a huge early season blockbuster game with two undefeated teams and both playing exceptionally well early season, just lighting it up really on the scoreboard. Josh Allen, 317 and four touchdowns. Uh, Could have been more, dude. Oh, yeah. I mean, and you got they got lots and lots of weapons. Singletary, 82 yards and a touchdown, uh, you know, in their last uh, meeting there. James Cook uh, trying to get in on the action. But Stefan Diggs, 12 catches, 148 yards. Uh, and a T- TD, three receiving TDs last week. So, I mean, these guys just look very, very difficult to stop. The addition of Von Miller has been a huge, huge 
mm-hmm. you know, bonus to that defense. I thought it was a massive overpay, but I clearly was wrong. I thought Von Miller didn't have this kind of energy, but he is going berserker and making a huge difference along there with uh, Greg Rousseau and stuff, putting a ton of pressure on opposing quarterbacks. Let's see if they can get to Tua. Yeah, and man, Tua had one of the all-time insane games in yeah. NFL history <laughs> last yeah. week with uh, 469 and six touchdowns, man. Um, kind of becoming, hopefully, what they envisioned when they drafted this guy. I when mean, they tanked for him? Yeah, tanked for Tua. I mean, when you add Tyreek Hill to Jalen Waddle, those are some pretty good weapons there. There was even a touchdown for Mike Jasicki last week, too. But I really like the combo of the running backs there with Evans and Mostert, you know, kind of looking like uh, a Niners team when it comes to the run game, but they never had that down-the-field threat that they have with um, Hill and Waddle. And you thought, you know, the Cheetah is fast, but Waddle looks outstanding too. So it'll be interesting to see what happened, man. These have been two of the most productive offensive teams so far in the young season. Man, let's see what happens when they get after it on Sunday. And this is the first of two matchups between these teams, dude. I am completely stoked for this game. Yeah, totally stoked, bro. All right. Up next, it is the Detroit Lions at the Minnesota Vikings. Vikings at home favored by seven and a half. Yeah, dude. And these Lions, bro, I'm completely stoked with these cats, too. Fell in love with the squad when I watched Hard Knocks. And I have Amon Ross St. Brown. So last week he had nine catches, 184 scrimmage yards. That included 68 yard and around rushing and two touchdowns, man. I'm digging this guy, DeAndre Swift, bro. His only uh, problem so far in his career has been able to stay healthy, man. He's been on the the field and he's been a, a difference maker, man. He's looking for his fourth game in a row with a touchdown and you just can't count these guys out. They were a field goal away from tying it up in week one and just really kept smashing down the commanders last week. The commanders would try to get back in <laughs> and Detroit was not letting it happen. And Aiden Hutchinson, man, he's looking um, for a defensive rookie of the year, man. He uh, he moshed last week with a sack, so he's looking for um, to try to get a sack in three straight games. So I really like what Detroit is doing up there for Dan Campbell. Now you got these Minnesota Vikings, Casey. Kevin O'Connell takes over there uh, after week one. Things were looking really good. They're shifting away from a run it and play defense scheme under Zimmer to a more uh, wide open passing oriented scheme that you know sort of akin to the Rams. Uh, wide open look there, and it just didn't work uh, against the Philadelphia Eagles on Monday night as they uh, only scored seven points in a lopsided loss uh, to to the Eagles. There, um, you know, there's plenty of plenty of talent here. Obviously, with the receiving group of Justin Jefferson and Thielen, if you're going to sling it all around, uh, those are good guys to go to. Jefferson uh, coming off a little bit, you know, I mean, he's got 15 grabs on the season, 232 yards and two scores, but need to get him a little bit more involved early in the game and often uh, to uh, to really get that offense generating, you know, pass it to run it. And then Dalvin Cook out of the backfield, uh, catching the ball as well as running it certainly will be advantageous. They need to get a W here against the Lions team coming in. That's pretty that's played pretty well. All right, up next, we have the Baltimore Ravens versus the New England Patriots, and the Ravens are three-and-a-half-point favorites on the road. Wow, what can you say about this Ravens team sitting at one-and-one, one, Casey? Um, and heading into the fourth quarter of last week with that 21-point lead, it felt like 2-0 and o was a 
was for sure, you know, inevitable. But man, they everything fell apart. Lamar, though, did his part, man. A 75-yard rush for a touchdown as well as a 75-yard throw for a touchdown. That's the first time in NFL history that has occurred and in a losing effort. Mind-blowing. I mean, yeah. what can you say? Crazy. Yeah. That game, but, we were just losing our freaking minds. We're like, no way. And I was like, I, at one point I did say, like, they would have to have, like, almost a perfect finish. But it's still, they're still alive. And then next thing you know, that perfect finish just unfolded before us, man. But uh, tight end Mark Andrews with a great game, nine catches, 104 yards and a score. Uh, Rashad Bateman really coming into his own at wide receiver there. Also 108 yards for him and a touchdown last week. Uh, this defense was looking great all the way up to that fourth quarter. Woo! I'm, there, I'm sure they slipped statistically after that. But this is going to be one angry Ravens squad um, heading into New England. Yeah, dude. And I'm not sure what I think about these Patriots yet. They, uh, you know, they got beat up pretty good by the Dolphins week one and then going to Pittsburgh and beat a feisty Steelers squad last week. Mac Jones had the back spasms coming into this thing, but he played pretty well. I mean, both Jacoby Myers and Nelson Aguilar had good games last week. You're not used to like one or even two Patriot receivers doing that. But both Mm -hmm. of those guys were they like to play defense and run the ball. Damian Harris a little banged up last week. The the hoodie likes to hold it close to the vest, so hopefully this means a little more for Ramondre Stevenson in this game. But this is the type of game that could get out of hand if the Patriots' defense doesn't really step it up. And uh, Matthew Judon's going to do everything he can to make sure that that does not happen. Up next, the Cincinnati Bengals are four-and-a-half-point favorites on the road facing the New York Jets. Don't look now, but the defending AFC champions are 0 and 2, and they're going to How'd face. How'd that happen? The Cowboys crushed them last year. <laughs> Maybe not a crush, but it was a win. But these Bengals lost to these Jets last year. So um, my biggest concern with the Bengals is their inability to protect Joe Burrow, dude. We saw it happen with Andrew Luck, man. Had all the talent in the world, but after getting the crap kicked out of him for about five years, body couldn't take it anymore. And the Bengals are really close to this happening to Burrow. So um, he's such an exciting playmaker. I want to see him continue in the league for a long time. He's got all the weapons. You mentioned T Higgins in the fantasy go back. He came back from concussion at a big game. Tyler Boyd, the two pointer to, tie this up against the Cowboys last week. Jamar Chase actually very quiet last week. Um, Trayvon Diggs kind of shut him down, but they need to run the ball to keep that pass rush off of Jer Burrow. Um, Hayden Hurst uh, taking over at the tight end position. He's pretty good. So keep Burrow upright, run the ball, and let that defense do what it do. Trey Hendrickson was quiet last week against the Cowboys. I don't expect that to happen two weeks in a row. Yeah, this would this would be uh, outlandish if the Jets get to two and one and the and they bury the Patriots at zero and three. But it could happen if Joe Flacco plays the type of game that he did last week, where he threw over three hundred yards and four touchdowns. Uh, a really strong performance there. Brees Hall gets into the end zone for the first time in his young career, um, uh, and Michael Carter also uh, teaming up there at the running back position. But I liked what we saw from Garrett Wilson's last weekend. Yeah. He, Uh, Eight catches, 102 yards, and two touchdowns. He's obviously um, coming onto the scene. It's not too big for him or anything like that, even though uh, this team isn't spectacular around him. I like what they've done in the last two years in the draft. I think they've got a lot of young talent, and he's he's definitely uh, NFL uh, primetime caliber. So um, 
Hopefully he can continue to develop and they can make this a very fun football game to watch. And who knows, they could pull the upset. All right. Up next, we got the Las Vegas Raiders at the Tennessee Titans. The Raiders are point half favorites on the road. Dave, the Titans were the number one seed last year. The Raiders made the playoffs last year. Both these teams sitting at 0-2. Wow. And the Raiders 0-2, I mean, it, obviously it was a super tight game week one uh, when they lost to the Chargers by five uh, late in that football game. But last week, up by 20 against the Cardinals. Everything, I mean, they were celebrating on the sideline. No way were they going to drop that game. And then sure enough, they got lit up by Murray. Who knew? And uh, Derek Carr, a nice, nice game. And Josh Jacobs running the ball pretty well for them as well. Devontae Adams, uh, you know, has had a great start to his season. Uh, but most of his catches were in week one. Uh, so not a, not a, you know, not a great game for him last weekend. Uh, Hunter Renfro, seven catches, 59 yards. But, the, I mean, how do you just melt down like that? Unbelievable. It, it, it took a, you know, a two-point conversion with no time left. The I mean, it was just one thing after another. And even in overtime, they got the ball back and looked like they were just going to be in position to score with Daniel Carlson and, and put that game away when the fumble occurred and went back 66 yards the other, the other way. Um, it's at, at 0-2, the Raiders have got to be shocked because of how close they could be to 2-0. and This one on the road, though, facing another team that's in a situation that is pretty desperate. Wow. Oh, Good yeah, dude. Game. Titans coming off an embarrassing beatdown on national TV on Monday night, nonetheless, Ooh. not just like one of these Sunday games, man. Everybody was watching. And the Titans, we all know what their deal is. Run the football to set up the play action. And too many times on Monday night, Derrick Henry was getting smashed in the backfield. Still was able to get a touchdown, but the Titans weren't able to do what they wanted. And that game just got totally out of control. But you know Rabel is going to have their complete attention all week leading up to this game. And maybe your um, guy, Devontae Adams, goes off on these days because <laughs> Stephon Diggs definitely did on Monday night. So a right. lot to look at um, for the Titans to get it sorted out. Um, Tannehill, how much, you know, slack does he still have on this leash? He was pulled on Monday night when that game was over. And we saw, you know, Malik come in there. But, um, you know, another bad performance sitting at 0-3. Uh, you know, we could see wholesale changes on these Titans. So this is a huge game in the AFC. Both these teams still can turn it around, get into the playoffs. But, dude, it's got to start on Sunday, man. Oof, I'll tell you. All right. Up next, it's the Philadelphia Eagles at the Washington Commanders. Eagles are favored by three and a half. Oh, the Super Bowl champion, Philadelphia Eagles, the best. <laughs> in, Actually, it pains me, man. I was looking at their schedule today, and they got a chance they could go. You know, they could win a bunch of games. I only see like two or three games where they won't be favored on the schedule, if not. Mm. Um, Jalen Hurts last night, he was pretty spectacular, man. He was doing a little bit of everything. Yep. When he was rolling out, he was finding receivers downfield, and if he didn't have a receiver, he would just run it, dude. 300 yards. Uh, passing on Monday night, almost 60 yards, rushing three total touchdowns. First player in NFL history with the 80-plus complete, completion percentage, 300-plus passing yards, and two rushing touchdowns in a single game. Man, this guy is a leader. The team believes in him and loves him in the locker room and off the field. But it was adding A.J. Brown to this 
uh, team that really took that offense to the next level, man. He's been yep. awesome so far. Sixth in the NFL with over 220 receiving yards. So when you have production like that, it makes it a lot easier on your defense. And when Kirk Cousins is throwing every other pass to Darius Slay, who had two picks on, uh, on Monday night, it makes it a lot easier there. That gives the Eagles a plus three in the takeaway giveaway ratio on the season. A lot going right for these Eagles so far. Nothing like a divisional matchup to see if, uh, you know, the commandos can get it turned around. <laughs> yeah, speaking of those commandos, Casey, they fell uh, last week to one and one, losing the game to the Detroit Lions. And uh, Carson Wentz played pretty well, though. Uh, 337 yards and three touchdowns in that football game. Uh, so, not a bad game. Spread the ball around well to Terry McLaurin uh, with a decent game. Curtis Samuel, 99 yards and a score in that one, as well as Jahan Dotson, uh, the rookie who's pretty exciting, had a touchdown catch in that one as well. Uh, just wasn't enough uh, to outscore. You know, they put up 27 points in that football game, and you're giving up 36 points to that high-scoring juggernaut, the Lions, actually, believe it or not tied for the highest scoring team in the league. This defense that's loaded with talent, especially in that front seven uh, for the commanders is going to actually have their hands full dealing with this lions offense. This is a, a, an impressive start for the lions commanders got to get it going here. All right, Dave, let's get to the late games this is Jacksonville Jaguars at our Los Angeles chargers and the chargers are seven and a half point favorites at home. Yeah, and the Chargers coming off of a very disappointing uh, loss to the Chiefs where felt like um, they could have had them. They had them on the ropes, basically tied at 17. Well, they got a couple of picks before that that were negated for one reason or another, but tied at 17, driving down the field, and the, the interception for a touchdown, 99 yards the other way, 14-point swing. There isn't a more devastating turn of events in a football game than that. And then shortly after that was when the Chargers were sort of losing offensive linemen, losing their center and then their right tackle there. Um, and next thing you know, they were pretty uh, porous against that Chiefs defense. And uh, Herbert took a couple shots, obviously the fractured cartilage, and he was playing through uh, some obviously intense pain, uh, able to still put up a touchdown uh, late in that football game, but unable to recover the onside kick and the Chargers go down in that one. But um uh, it's a great looking start for the Chargers. They, if they would have pulled that one off, they would be everybody would be talking about them right now. But right, you know, now they come in to ho home, back home, hopefully with a 10 day rest. Herbert can play in this one, hopefully. And then we got to spread the ball around like he's been. Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Josh Palmer, Gerald Ed Everett was having a great game um, in that one. And then uh, Austin Eckler, we got to get get kind of going a little bit more. Uh, Chargers defensively have played well, so we'll see how they can handle this new look Jaguars team, which is actually coached by a professional uh, head coach these days. Yeah, he's not trying to look to bang some Mimas out at uh, Pacific <laughs> Beach when the, <laughs> when the Jags come to town. Right. When the schedule comes out, you think, ah, oh, it's Jags, it's a win. But then you see this team, and you're like, oh, man, I don't know. Um, all the ill vibes are gone from this franchise, bro. They fire Urban Meyer. You bring in Peterson, like you said, and now everything is trending up. And Trevor Lawrence, man, a generational talent at QB. He looked like it last week, 25 at 30, 235 and two TDs against the Colts, which is a pretty good defense over there. Mm -hmm. A game of 121.5 passer rating. 
and we were scoffing, Dave, at the Christian Kirk contract in the offseason. Right. We weren't the only ones scoffing, but <laughs> last week, dude, six <laughs> catches, 70 yards, and two TDs, man. Hmm. He is balling in this offense. Marvin Jones and Zay Jones have been pretty sweet, too. And uh, Evan Ingram, man, they like to use a tight end down there. This might be a good fantasy pickup. Seven catches last week, so he's starting to get involved. And now it's the one-two punch with Robinson and Etienne in the backfield there. So a lot is going right with these Jaguars. And the defense, you wouldn't think that it's great there, but last week they shut the Colts out. Zero points for the Colts. So this team can beat you in a number of ways, and it's not the rollover anymore that uh, used to be guaranteed with them. So the Chargers are going to have to play great football to beat this hungry Jags team, man. I am looking forward to this game, dude. Going to be a good one. Up next, it's the Los Angeles Rams versus the red-hot Arizona Cardinals. Rams on the road favored by four and a half. Yeah, and the Rams got beat down on Monday night, and it looked like everything was fine against the Falcons last week until it almost wasn't after a block punt. <laughs> Falcons scored a touchdown and got the ball back down by, I think, five points with just a couple minutes left. Jalen Ramsey with the huge interception in the end zone to seal that game for the Rams. Um so far on the season, dude, Aaron Donald's been pretty quiet. You know, he's not been that disruptive force. He was right. really talking about retirement. Maybe it was a little closer than we all thought it actually was because we haven't seen him just take over games like he's done in the past. Bobby Wagner has been pretty good, but he's not been the Von Miller of this defense. They still have time to gel and it's still early. They're sitting at one and one, but this team doesn't seem to have the mojo that it did last season. But Cooper Cup, dude, that cat's still got his mojo. We were watching that game last week, and at the point, I think it was in the third quarter, Cooper Cup had no targets. We're like, what? And then all of a sudden, 11 receptions, 108 yards, and two TDs later, we're like, oh, yeah, there's Cooper Cup. (laughs) Allen Robinson finally got involved with this offense, too. He had a touchdown. But so far, man, we really haven't seen much of Cam Akers. Daryl Henderson has been the guy. They've talked about getting Akers more involved in this offense. We just haven't seen it yet. So, um, you know, not a bad place for these Rams to be. But going on the road, trying to get a division win, um, it should be a major priority for these guys, to say the least. Yeah. And this Cardinals team obviously coming off an amazing, amazing finish last week against the Raiders to get to one and one. Uh, But rolling back to the end of last year, the Cardinals obviously exited the playoffs most unceremoniously at the hands of this Los Angeles Rams squad. Um, They were just absolutely, you know, manhandled by the Rams. And uh, Kyler Murray, it seemed like maybe he was in still in recovery mode for that first week and a half uh, until suddenly he came alive last week and went nuts in that football game and literally put the Cardinals on his back and, and carried them to victory. But, um, you know, James Conner, we don't know if he, he's banged up a little bit. It's going to be, uh, you know, Benjamin in all likelihood getting a lot of the touches at the running back position. And last week, Ertz had a nice football game. Marquise Brown, also a nice football game, uh, for this uh, squad offensively. So, um, We'll see what they've got defensively, though. J.J. Watt with his first sack of the season last week. Uh, maybe that's a sign that the, that the defense is coming together. And then Isaiah Simmons, he was the guy that forced that fumble in overtime that's basically won the football game for him, even though uh, Kyler got him in that spot where they could be yeah. uh, in that football game. Simmons with the big hit there, uh, Buda Baker on the backside. This, they've got some talent. 
uh, back there. Uh, and they're going to need to put together a pretty nice game plan uh, at home here to take on this Ram squad and get a get a W. All right, Dave, we've got a bird battle coming up. you got to sell me hard on this one, bro. The Atlanta Falcons at the Seattle Seahawks, and the Hawks are two-and-a-half-point favorites at home. Yeah, well, you just mentioned it in the last uh, segment there, Casey, where this it seemed like this Falcons team was totally, you know, just rolling over. But uh, Mariota... Dirty bird can't fly with no broken wing, Dave. <laughs> Mario, they are sitting at 0-2, so the bottom line is, you know, you are what your record says it is, and they did come up just a little short uh, against the Rams last week. Mariota, um, two touchdowns, but two picks as well in that game. Uh, Cordero Patterson held in check basically to just 41 yards. Uh, rookie J- uh, Drake London, who is, is a superstar in the making, eight receptions in 86 yards. Um, Kyle Pitts, they got to get him uh, kind of going too. So they've got some big body dudes out there that can really get it done. Uh, and they're going to have to attack the Seahawks, I think, through the air. Uh, and open, try and open things up there a little bit and see if they can uh, get it moving there. But we'll see. The Seahawks have been surprising uh, early on, certainly in week one. Uh, and this will be maybe an opportunity for this faculty team to get it right. Yeah, unfortunately, Dave, I think the Seahawks are more what we saw last week than what we saw week one. Mm-hmm. Very fortunate to be in that game with the Broncos late in that thing with all the turnovers the Broncos had in the red zone. Um, Gino was not very good last week against a tough San Francisco squad and didn't really see Rashad Penny that much last week. So um, Seattle's really got to get the run game going if they want to stay in this thing. Um, Pretty good game out of Tyler Lockett. He had nine catches and 100 yards. But Dave, this team's only averaging 12 points a game and that's not going to get it done. And I mentioned Penny, you know, great on week one, but only 75 yards on the season. They did get Ken Walker, the third back, and he's going to maybe eventually take that running game over. But um, Seattle will get some help from the 12s there. But uh, I don't know how much they have. This team is in a rebuild situation. So maybe they can find a way to win this game. But mm, mm, probably not. Yeah. All right, Casey, moving along. It's the (laughs) Green Bay Packers versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Buccaneers at home favored by two two and a half points. Casey. No game in NFL history what? has featured starting quarterbacks with combined six Super Bowl MVPs until this one here, Casey, where Rodgers and Tom Brady come up against each other. They're actually also co- uh, both uh, combined for six regular season MVPs as well. Casey, try that one on for size. Well, Dave, when any uh, Super Bowl MVP plays against Tom Brady, they will have a combined six <laughs> <laughs> Super Bowl MVP. So okay. um, you got that. But hey, that's, you know, Aaron Rodgers has one more Super Bowl MVP than I do. But um, right. let's talk about these Packers first. Um, Packers kind of came to life. It's so hard not to jump off the cliff after week one because yeah. the highs and lows of this thing. But a lot of these teams didn't play their starters uh, in the preseason. And obviously with all the, uh, the new receiving core for these Packers, we knew it was going to take a little bit. So what's good for what ails you? The Chicago bears, but these bucks are not the bears, but Aaron Rodgers pretty good last week. Um, two touchdowns had a 131.1 passer rating. Um, but it was really Aaron Jones that kind of took that game over against the bears. He had 170 scrimmage yards and two touchdowns and him and AJ Dillon is a nice, one-two punch there in the backfield. 
Who's going to step up for this receiving core? We know he likes Tunyon at the tight end position, but Sammy Watkins has a chance to carve out a real nice role for himself in this offense. He's a seasoned veteran. His problem in the past has been staying healthy, but he's a good route runner. And if he can gain that trust from Rodgers, he'll be, a, like I said, he can have a good role in this this offense there. Alan Lazard came back from injury, and he got a touchdown. So they just need to find the, the guys that are contribute to try to take up the slack for Devontae Adams. Easier said than done. Um, it used to be the Smith brothers. There's a Darius gone. It's only Preston Smith, but he was great last week. He had seven tackles and two sacks against the Bears. Um, Jair Alexander, one of the best young DBs in the league. A couple good safeties with Savage and Damus back there. This this very well could be a playoff preview, man. This is yep. a big game for both of these teams um, going into Tampa to play an undefeated Tom Brady and a Tampa Bay Buccaneers team. But it's that defense for Tampa that's been kicking butt, too. Yeah, right right there, Casey. And you just mentioned undefeated and coming off that win that we mentioned earlier was 3-3 three to three, uh, late in that football game. And then 6-3, to three, and they finally pulled it away against the Saints 20-10. to 10. Um, but you could not see an angrier Tom Brady than you saw in that first half. Uh, whatever, <laughs> whatever's going on in Tom Brady's world, man, he was not happy with the way they were playing football there. But um, he gets people's attention for sure when he's screaming at him in the huddle. Uh, these guys have a ton of weapons at wide receiver, but a little bit of some of these guys banged up a little bit. But Godwin getting into the action last week. Uh, Mike Evans uh, also. Uh, playing decently and Brashard Perryman uh, in the mix there too. Uh, Julio Jones, not sure about the status of Julio Jones going into this one, um, but let's talk about that defense that you mentioned, Casey, because we know that Tom Brady can kind of find dudes uh, to get the stuff done out there. And uh, defensively, they really are getting it done. Uh, Levante David with the sack last week, Devin White, 11 tackles and a sack and a forced fumble last week. And then Shaquille Barrett, two sacks and a forced fumble last week. Antoine Winfield, safety, gets into the sack dance, too, uh, with the sack last week. So, uh, you know, if they can put that kind of pressure on uh, Aaron Rodgers and this Packers front, then that is going to be uh, make it very difficult for him to sit back there, uh, for, for Aaron Rodgers to sit back there and just find those young receivers and make that all happen. So let's see what these Bucks can do. They don't tend to blitz that much. They just have great, great guys in the front seven that can get it done. Yeah, and they had Cole Beasley to the the receiving core, the practice squad this yeah. week for the Bucks. See if they can get him up to speed before Sunday. But you mentioned no Godwin, probably no Evans, maybe no Julio. Banged up. Roots. Yeah. All right, let's get it to Sunday night football. We got the San Francisco 49ers at the Denver Broncos, and the Niners are a half-point favorites on the road. And I, I didn't get a chance to see if that if the quarterback switch had an impact on the on the spread in this one, Casey. But I know personally yeah. that I feel like um, the San Francisco 49ers with Jimmy G running the show right now is a lot better uh, matchup here going into this Denver Broncos uh, football game. Jimmy G, uh, you know, coming in last week off the bench. Uh, Colty basically didn't practice with the starters all preseason or anything like that. He's on the side in bubble wrap and stuff. Two touchdowns for Jimmy G, though. He knows the offense. No problemo there. Um, and and these guys can really, really put together an amazing season. I know they wanted this to be Trey Lance's deal, 
but that's obviously going to have to be put on hold. At the end of this year, Jimmy G is a no, you know, like a complete free agent based on the contract restructuring that he did. So he is auditioning for uh, his NFL future. And this is a great football team for him to do that um, with. And hopefully he can go into Denver and put on a really nice show. Uh, They got to get Debo going. That's for sure. Uh, 97 yards on five catches last week. Kittle, we don't know if he'll be uh, good to go or not. He has been obviously nursing that groin along. But on the defensive side, uh, Bosa and and Fred Warner, these guys are, uh, uh, have got um, a pretty solid, solid defensive unit. And so we'll see what they can do uh, to get after Russ and prevent him from riding. Yeah, and apparently riding is a lot harder than cooking because we were expecting <laughs> a lot out of Russell Wilson coming to these Broncos. And so far, that hasn't really been the case. We're hearing boos last week when that game against the Texans at home was 9-9 coming off of that that loss uh, Monday night against Seattle the previous week. So um, it is going to get there. I have faith in that. Uh, and I have faith in Russell Wilson there, man. I was starting to really gel with Cortland Sutton. Sutton last week had seven for 122 yards, man. He was unguardable in that thing. Um, I really like the hammer system between Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon. I think Javante is slowly taking that job away, but Melvin Gordon is still a big part of what they want to do. The the savvy vet, and he is good out of the backfield there. So, um, But that offense, dude, it's not producing yet. Like I said, is a work in progress, but that defense is pretty sweet. Bradley Chubb, he had um, two sacks the last time that he played the Niners. And I hate to say it. Well, I don't hate to say it. I like Randy Gregory. I didn't like the way it went down with yeah. the Cowboys, him saying, no, I'm here and then uh, not signing the contract. But, man, he's looking impressive off the edge last week. Had a big sack fumble against the Texans that kind of turned that game around. So, um, Nathaniel Hackett, man, uh, Aaron Rodgers loved this guy, but it's he's not getting the, uh, you know, the cheers that he thought he was going to get <laughs> in Bronco land. So, um Criticism comes fast when when you uh, when you take the ball out of Russ's hands and kick a ridiculously long field goal and miss it. Yeah, dude. So, um, you know, everybody's uneasy there in Denver. I think it's going to happen. But, man, it is a tough test on Sunday. And um, like you said, we like these Niners with Jimmy G, man. It's totally unfortunate what happened to Trey Lance. But this is a different team with Jimmy G and there's no denying the success that he's had with these Niners. All right, Casey up next Monday night football, and it is your Dallas Cowboys at the New York giants. The giants are favored by three and a half. Am I reading this correctly? Casey, the giants are favored by three and a half. Okay. Wait a minute. The giants are undefeated. Yeah, looking for their first 3-0 start, and who the hell knows how long it's been. But I ain't talking about my Cowboys, dude. The whole world wrote them off last week, and Cooper Rush, all he does in the NFL is win when he starts, dude. He's undefeated every time he starts a football game. Now, that's only been twice, but, you know, he's won both of them. And the Cowboys didn't play their starters in the preseason, and you saw, or I saw, the O-line really gel more in week two i really liked what tyler smith showed out there at left tackle and everybody was crapping on jared for letting lc uh, lyle collins go 
um, in the offseason, and you saw Micah Parsons completely abuse him last week, but Micah does that to a lot of people. But I like where the line is going. No, Brown had a team high, five catches, 91 yards, and a touchdown last week, getting all that work with Cooper Rush in the offseason. Um, Dalton Schultz banged up the knee. It's He's got a PCL kind of like um, Z-Cat last year, so it's uncertain if he's going to play or not. The rookie Ferguson's been good at blocking. He was impressive in the preseason, but let's see what happens if he has to be in a bigger role on Monday night there. Um, this week, the Cowboys cut Dennis Houston, who was Dak's guy in the preseason. That probably means they're finally going to activate Jalen Tolbert, the third-round draft pick out, mm. out of South Alabama, or... Or and that might be Michael Gallup is a little closer getting back to this thing, too, which would be a welcome addition to the Cowboys. Um, we saw Pollard last week had the 98 scrimmage yards. Nice. You call that a reception, which they ended up doing is 55 yards. Otherwise, he had, uh, you know, 98 rushing yards. But I'll take what I can get. This defense, dude, has been amazing. And we talked about Michael Parsons, dude. It's looking to be the, his third game in a row with two sacks on an incredible pace. <laughs> He was unblockable in that Cincinnati game. Just absolutely took it over. Trayvon Diggs, I really like the way he locked down Jamar uh, Chase in that game, too. And Dorrance Armstrong, this is the guy that they went ahead and signed once Randy Gregory left. He had two sacks, too. So uh, nice. Dante Fallier and Barr both getting involved in this offense. I mean, in the defense there. So I really like that side of the ball for the Cowboys. But they're going to need some production from the offense, too. So, um you know, anytime you play those hated giants, knock them down. They're in first place right now, Dave. We're looking up at the, we're looking up at everybody in this division. So <laughs> Monday night football, see what you can do. How about them Cowboys? Yeah, well, it's going to be tough. Like you said, you just rattled, rattled off that defense uh, there for the Cowboys, and they're getting it done. And the Giants here, uh, very impressed with Brian Dable's debut at head coach. He fixed um, – uh, Josh Allen in Buffalo supposedly and fixed that percentage issue that that whatever you want to say, Dable had a lot to do with it. He's coming into town to see if uh, the reclamation project of Daniel Jones uh, is doable. But boom, that first week uh, getting that win with the two point conversion against the Tennessee Titans late in that football game. And Huevos then, gigantes. Yeah, big time. And that's that's something that the guys get behind the coach when you got the guts to go do that and you execute. It just really feeds that whole situation and then pull out a tough game last week, um, beating the Carolina Panthers. But, you know, Daniel Jones on the season, not bad so far as quarterback rating of 99 modest numbers. But that's what you want. You just want to avoid the interceptions. He's got three TDs and just one pick on the season. But uh, Barkley was a modest last week with 88 yards, but he took over in week one. He's got 236 yards on the season. So he's seemingly back. And if he can get it going, that's going to be an enormous part of this equation if they're going to look to go 3-0 and and beat the Cowboys on Monday Night Football in New York. But um, don't rely on Daniel Jones. Make Daniel Jones the, you know, be able to, to bounce off that um, about uh, that running game with Barkley leading the way there. Um, the, you know, that's basically what they're going to have to do. Ride Barkley in this one and hopefully not, um, not, not let the, uh, the quarterback Cooper rush get as comfortable as he was last week. He was back there Dyson and, and he was, he just was really comfortable. I think they need to find a way to uh, get him off the spot and, and, and move him around a little bit. And uh, we'll see if the Giants defense is up for the task. 
It's going to be a good game, dude. I'm completely stoked taking the kid to Disneyland on Monday. So I'm going to have to watch that game in tape delay. So I won't have my phone on me all Monday night. It always works like that, right? Yeah, Cowboys at Prime Time on Disneyland Trip. What the hell? You got to do it, right? I got I got responsibilities here, Dave. But I want to let the people know there are a million ways to check out the football dudes, the Trend Zone, the podcast that you're listening to right now, available for subscription for free on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever the hell you get your podcasts. Yeah, don't forget, like us on Instagram and Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Football Dudes LA. And make sure you tag us across all of your social media platforms. Or just go to footballdudes.com, and that is going to do it for this episode of The Trend Zone. We're not the suits that talk football. We're the dudes that know football. For Dave, I'm Casey. Enjoy week three, people. We are out of here.